0: Welcome to Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis, where we share stories of challenge, success, and inspiration, along with practical tips and strategies to move you forward to your success. And now, here is your host, Sally A. Curtis. Good evening, good morning, and good day to you all. Welcome to another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. Today's episode is going to be sharing with you how the enjoyment factor frees us to live our best lives. And I have a very, very special guest and a very special dear friend, Peter Nichols, that will be sharing that with us shortly. So for those that are new to the show, I'm a content repurposing whiz. I work with brilliant individuals to help them leverage their IP to engage and entice their audience through the power of visual and emotive graphics. I'm best known for turning books into two years worth of social media posts, helping you create a library of reusable, profitable brand assets that amplify your impact because you connect, because you stand out, your message is heard, and you have the ability to reach more people with ease. So let's get on with the show. Now, let me please share with you a little bit more about our guest, Peter Nichols. Now Peter helps those in a life transition, whether that's retiring or looking to refine enjoyment. Peter believes that every person was born to in- enjoy living their best life by developing their natural talents along with their passionate interests. The world has certainly changed since COVID. And we are ready to see the new ways of how we can actually go about unifying both work, enjoyment, and as well as our personal growth. Enjoyment has become an important factor and focus in this dramatically changing world that we have been a part of. And Peter's special interest is helping individuals who are feeling the emotional pains of not quite enjoying life. So, without any further ado, please help me welcome to the show. Peter Nichols.
1: Sally, thank you very much. It's great to be here. And I'm really looking forward to the session.
0: Yeah, likewise, really looking forward to sharing um, your incredible insights of 50 years of uh, parks and recreation and enjoyment uh, with the audience, and certainly talking with you a bit more about the manifesto that you've recently written. It's been getting a lots of traction and lots of really positive comments. So before we jump into talking about the manifesto, I'd love you to share a little bit with us about your backstory that will then lead us in, into the, the
1: manifesto. Yes, thanks, Sally. Um, yeah, it's more about, it's as much about the circumstances of my past as much as about what I've been doing. Mm. When I started out in my working life, I was in a situation which was very different to what it is today there was so, in relative terms to what we're do, experiencing now, it was so much more stable, more, much more uh, predictable. Uh, we uh, we had a, a great more uniformity. We people sort of... Uh, <laughs> I had this mental picture of people in their grey suits and white shirts and, and dark ties, uh, all heading off to the city on a Monday morning to work until a Friday night. Uh, and then... And then have two days, or if uh, and with the and if shopping, um, even the shops were shut at the weekend, a large part of the weekend. So it was a very different time uh, that I started out in my working life, Uh, and I think this working for five days and it was a very strict difference between the two. And I guess I worked for five days in my earlier years to earn money. And I lived for two days. We talk about work-life balance. In those days, it really was. It's work and getting on with life. And it was, I came alive in the weekend more because I was not only very involved in playing field hockey, but I was very strong in the sports administration with hockey. Uh, I was made captain of my team when I first started under 14. Um, And by 16, I was already questioning human behavior at sport. Um, I was finding we were having a lot of young people were playing hockey as juniors but weren't going on to play senior hockey. And I was even then wondering, why? Why is it? Uh, I, I came to the conclusion that puberty had a lot to do with it, but that's another story. But I was all—I I was already, because in those days puberty was a bit later than it is these days. Uh, but anyway, I, I was already thinking that way. But, but I was going to work. Uh, in a fairly standard type of job in a, in a, cler- a de- desktop uh, uh, and quite happy. tool. eventually one day I came alive at about 35 when I went to a recreation planning seminar, which really made me change what I wanted to do. Here I now had a chance to professionally do what I'd been doing in my weekend uh, life. And that, for me, really, of course, and then when I did the studies, I got very good marks and so went on. But that's when I came up against something that was a very different hurdle to what I'd ever had to overcome before. In your working life as, as a clerk or in any sort of standard job, you were just part of the mob and uh, you, were, you, you worked hard to get promoted. But now as a recreation planner, I was finding I was in a field of work that was not being respected. People were saying, apart from being told I was mad for going into the job in the first case, I was finding that people were looking at me and saying, this is, this is not real. That's not real work, Pete. That's not real work. Real work is, you know, turning up at 9 o'clock on Monday morning and so on. And I had to battle this for, well, I've been battling it ever since uh, in many ways. I found myself, for instance, to get public funding for recreation was very difficult to do. Uh, Sport was a little better because it was starting to get international recognition, but for everything else, uh, and I'll I'll give you a quick example. We have, as you you would know, Sally, in in South Australia, uh, a long distance trail called the Heysen Trail, which is about 1,800 kilometres long. Now, that was developed in those years when recreation was really struggling to get recognition. And... People governments were saying, "Why should we put money into developing a long-distance walking trail? They yeah. don't bring in money. People don't spend money along a trail. It's not an economic reason to do it." And yeah. we had to, and, and it was basically developed by one man and a couple of helpers and fairly skid uh, financial resources. Yeah. And yet today, of course, now the Heysen Trail for those who are here in South Australia, particularly, know it as something that is really a high-quality tourist attraction. Yeah. That was a good example of what it was like to try and work to get money to work in recreation. So I began 50 years from about the mid-70s onwards to fighting the work ethic, which I believe had a lot to do with why the situation occurred. So and then just very quickly to round that off, eventually I went into my encore career as doing my life enjoyment mentor uh, and I got some work uh, initially but I ran into trouble there when uh, trying to talk to chief executives about it. Uh, I was ahead of my time. Mm -hmm.
0: And I think you've uh, touched on a couple of things, uh, certainly some differences and where paradigms are continuing to, to shift. Um, work, and I think you described it very well with the grey suits and the white the white shirts. Uh, the real uh, and the term real work, real work was when you put on a grey grey suit uh, with a white shirt and a, 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 a marginally coloured tie, not an out there coloured <laughs> tie. But work was defined as you were did nine to five, and you were stressed. It was work. Um, and you also talked about the, you know, the weekend was when you came alive, was when you lived, was when you actually got to enjoy stuff. So there really was that distinction of work and play, not that you could play play. At work and enjoy work like you enjoy a, um, a sport or a recreational type.
1: It was hard work. <laughs> yeah, hard it was
0: work. it was hard work. <laughs> and if you look at people at uh, my age um, and, and and your age, Peter, when we talk uh, when they talk about work as and they, retrospectively, they'll talk about work being hard. Um, and how they've done certain things to transition to find more fulfillment within the work that they do, and that's really what, what, where we're uh, coming to with the manifesto that you've written is sort of trying to break down some of these old uh, paradigms of the diff- how work is work and uh, weekends is weekend, therefore work and life is actually separate versus actually being uh, being unified, um, which is what um, we've seen those people that weren't experiencing that really seeking out and questioning um, through uh, the, you know, through the pandemic and COVID. I remember, you know, when the uh, pandemic first hit, you and I were talking about that I was through the clients that I serve because they serve um, individuals in corporate land was that there were so many poor people asking the question, why am I here? Um, and it was—it wasn't just why am I here at work, but why am I here on this planet? What what, what mm. is my purpose? So they suddenly started to want to seek more, um, which is obviously where um, some of the inspiration and, and things has come from from the manifesto that you've written. So let's um, perhaps talk a little bit about um, the manifesto and. Um, what it is about this enjoyment factor that you've started to recognise, whether that's for it, and we'll talk about the individuals, uh, the organisations, and just then the collective. Um, but what is it about the enjoyment factor that makes it so vital for living our best life?
1: Yeah. yeah, It's look. I think the first thing to point out about enjoyment, it is very much about, very much about the individual. The individual mm. was the one who felt it, uh, who said, "Like you said, why am I here? What this? It was, it's funny, you know. We, you and I, remember an old co- politician named Paul Keating who said mm. the recession was the one we had to have. The COVID, I suspect, was the thing we, the pause we had to have, because mm. people were getting stressed out at the time. And mm. then suddenly, when it all came, and they had to actually stop for a great long period of time and think about it." It was a very individual thing, no matter what the business said. Now, when we talk about enjoyment, enjoyment is a very personal thing. Mm. I can't tell you what you should enjoy. You are the only person who can decide what you enjoy. It's it's you are in control. It's the time you are absolutely in control. Uh, and when any time you enjoy yourself, whether it be it during at work or at the weekend. You are actually being your true self. You're actually using and expressing gifts that you've got. You sometimes might not even recognise that you're doing so, but uh, you are actively being the person you're meant to be, using the gifts that you've got. This is all a sort of thinking that was going through people's minds, What? Well, not so much where's the company going, where's business going, where's the world going, where am I going? What's, the, what, where, what's going to happen to me? And so when I talk about enjoyment, enjoyment is the area which is the positive part of life. I mean, we a lot of people think about enjoyment as, you know, a bit of fun and then, you know, had a good time and that's it. But in the context that you and I are talking about it, if you're not enjoying life, you're really not, you're, you know, for a start, you're stressed. Um, and all these issues, like we were told, something like 70% of the, po- of the employed population Uh, were not engaged in their work. Um, Mm. There was this real uh, square pegs in round holes as an expression I would use That what we were doing. So I'm actually saying it's free choice. You're in control. um, It's using your talents. This is what life, we are suddenly saying, this is what I want to work through. This is what is going to tell me why I'm here because Mm. through what I enjoy is what it means. I have yeah. a one-liner, if I just might just say this, Sally, a one-liner which has been the basis of my business for years. When you lose yourself in what you love, you find yourself. The real yeah. you comes to the surface.
0: Yeah, very much so. And if we look at that analogy and map that across um, the sport, sports for, uh, for, from a context perspective, uh, sporting uh, renowned sporting people know that when they hit the zone they've got all their skills, their natural talents, their training is, is just enabling them to be in that moment and enjoy really what they're doing. They're in the zone. Um, and that's what you're saying here. When you're actually enjoying yourself in whatever pursuit that may be, whether that's work or play or a combination of work and play that c- can be combined together, you actually lose yourself. Therefore, you find yourself. Um, and that's um, those moments are when you lose time um and those types of things because you've just thoroughly enjoyed yourself um i i know myself i lose uh, lose time and go i've and, and you know i'm i'm highly motivated by food as peter knows and i've you know <laughs> watch and i have some more food now and those types of things but when i lose myself in an activity that i'm uh, and it's generally unpacking and discovering you know uh, new gifts or talents or new insights then you know i i forget about Everything, everything just sort of drops away. And then when I come up come up from that, I sort of go, oh, God, I'm really hungry because I've just been in that zone and just in pure, pure enjoyment. Um, so I think that's such a beautiful way of saying it, Peter. It's um, And it's that enjoy being you because it's that enjoyment factor that actually drives us.
1: It's only you that's going to just you your choices in life. And if the other part too, you are now no longer... Uh, Responsible to a corporate body for your for your future, your future mm-hmm. is totally within your own hands now, and so yeah. that's where you're, what you enjoy is going to be a huge factor in your decisions about what you're going to do in future. Can I just want to make it make another point about you, Sally? Uh, uh, and any professional person who's working for themselves has tended to find what we're what we're talking about. You, you, at an early age, you said that what I'm really passionate about is this and this is the work I want to do and I know why and I know what talents I need to develop and it's all worked together. The sports person, whether you actually become an Olympic champion or simply want to play uh, A-grade sport, you've, you know what you want to do. You've got goals in mind. You've got a sense of purpose, all those things which are, which are so valuable to that sort of life. Are really important to all of us, but so many of us have had that knocked out of us over the years by the work, the, the idea of work is work and everything else is a waste of good work time.
0: Yeah, yeah, very, very well said. And that's part of the, that paradigm shift is that we get fulfillment, therefore, we get enjoyment out of the work that we're doing uh, by understanding how we can enjoy the elements of the, that work. Um, work. Elements that we can do, and I think that's what's very important for um, and corporate land and uh, small business owners that have staff are really starting to to understand. And this has been the shift that we'll uh, that we'll talk on as well. Is that uh, when you can actually help people uh, feel more certain, understand the purpose of why they're there and contributing to the corporate goals? if, If we look at that as it relates to a. A sports person they know why they're getting up in the morning they know what their routine is they know what why they're doing that routine they know what they're looking to attain and that in itself is fulfilling for an individual and that fulfillment mm-hmm. and understanding is what was is one of the paradigms that's sort of really been shifted since covid because staff have been asking for more of that and now their their employers or their team leaders are starting to understand uh, more of that, which creates uh, better individuals, which creates happier individuals, which creates better work uh, outcomes for organisations, etc. as well. So let's have a little bit of talk. yeah yeah. No, Sorry, please
1: go. I'm just going to say that to keep it simple. Too, uh, uh, when you go back, do you think about one of the most productive years of your life was the first five years? I mean, I'm speaking typically. It may not have been the case for everybody. But typically, we go from a gurgling baby to enough skills to go to school in just five years. And what mm. do you do? Simply enjoy moment to moment doing what you love with the people you love being with. And that's what life's been all about. And really, that continues in many ways till we get to the stage where we start thinking we've got to find a job. And I'm thinking then it goes up to probably about you know adolescent years. You're still doing, and this is what I really want to do with life. Uh, and that's where we really grow, but then the work-life ethic, which we'll get onto, tends to knock the stuffing out of that and says, no, that's all a waste of good time. You need to find a real job, and then that's yeah. where the problems start to arise.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so. So let's have a little bit of, uh, of a talk about um, uh you talk about uh, the traditional work ethic is inhibiting the application of the essence of the elements within the manifesto, and we've talked a little bit about how it sort of previously has um, sort of held back the individual to explore more of that, and we've also talked about that the enjoyment uh, factor um When people become more, I suppose, self-aware and start to value the things that they actually are really good at and therefore enjoy, it actually helps them to develop more of their abilities, et cetera. And it brings um, and creates, I suppose, a a better and more well-rounded human. So let's um, talk a little bit more around this this inhibiting that you talked about.
1: I think an important point to make straight away is: I'm not opposed to work. This is not a, this is not a question that work is bad to you. This is a question of what the status has been given to hard work in relation to life growth and life enjoyment. It's uh, the, the the work ethic has imposed some fairly inhibiting principles about the way we live, not the question of working. So I think that's important to make that point first. I'm not opposed to work. Uh, uh, it's a question of enjoying the work. Is the very much more the issue and the work ethic has been uh, has had a number of principles the first one it's actually built this great big wall which is the one I found I was on the enjoyment side of the wall where um, work was work and there's this big wall against enjoyment leisure uh, in uh, having fun uh, being yourself all those things were very much on the other side which you were required to leave till Saturday or Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, The boss knew best, do what the boss says, get the sort of job that's going to make you money, and that's what the work ethic was all about. Uh, Don't mention mental health at the workplace. They don't want to know it. All these sorts of issues are quite recent, of course, so this is not something that disappeared 20, 30 years ago. It's still an issue today, and I guess one of my points is COVID is helping to break down the traditional idea, which frankly goes back 19th century you know industrial revolution which said that uh work is the way to salvation and uh, this sort of the, and i think what was the old 16th century expression uh, and leisure or enjoyment is the work of the devil uh, idle hands are the work of the devil that sort of thinking has persisted to today uh, and that's that's caused a lot of things more okay. than just what the work we do it's yeah. got things it's got things like the um uh, when do you retire and and Uh, And when you finish up work, that's the end of it. You know, life ends when you leave work. This Mm. sort of thinking is the part that's been difficult to deal with. It's not even factual stuff. It's perceptions, public perceptions about, about how you respond to certain situations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, let's let's dig into that because you've just triggered a couple of memories for me, Peter, and very much around that if I look at um, that retirement, oh, you're going to retire, therefore you lose everything, you stop everything, you'll stop uh, when you... Uh, there's a lot of things tied tied into the personal uh, personal identity of somebody finishing up, and there's that there is that perception that oh, I'm just I'm just waiting to retire, or I'm just I'm retiring soon, and then it all sort of finishes. And that's where uh, people, if they haven't, and this is where, where the work with you as it relates to the transitioners, those that are transitioning to a significant change. Um, It's important to, uh, if they haven't rediscovered or started to get curious about rediscovering what it was that they enjoyed, they sort of end up you know, not having anything uh, to wake up for in the morning almost. Uh, um, obviously, that's a lot more brutal than what it re- the reality of it is. But, um, you know, they want, they're want they needing and wanting to find that thing that fulfils them. And people have got this perception that when you get to a certain age, whether that's retirement age or whatever the age is, you're sort of, you're done, you, you, it's it's finished, but it's actually not. It's, it's where all of the opportunities and the discovery can come back in. So let's talk through some of that, Peter.
1: Yeah, look, you're right. That's really my bread and butter these days now. Yeah. as You can tell. I, I, it's quite, a. It's, it's some years now since I passed that top of the bell curve. I talk about the bell curve life cycle which said you reach your peak at life around 50 to 60 and then it's all their downhill slide for the rest of your life, which is the yeah. concept that's been drilled into us for generations to, co- to go in the past now, where in fact what it is that the second half of life is actually the richest half of life. Yeah. Because by the, by the time you get to 50, 55, you've been spending the first half of your life getting your act together, paying the bills, getting the mortgage under control, Putting the kids through school education, uh, all those sorts of buying a house, getting you know uh, all the all the establishment costs a lot. Mm. You haven't really had time to think about these things, and then by the time you get to that, the top of that so-called bell curve, you'll start to recognise life very differently. That you've learned a lot, you've got some depth, you understand yourself a lot better. Everything mm. I'm talking about in this in this pandemic in this. Um, manifesto is about yourself, your self-awareness. And this getting people to understand that that bell cove, bell cove never did exist, but we've just been told that's the way it goes. We actually yeah. grow exponentially after, after 50, 55. And it's it's hard for people to – people have been starting to get the idea of that, but uh, then we get this word old. You're old at a certain age. Well, yeah. you know, footballers are old at 30. Um, yeah. Yeah. Parents are called the olds um, yeah. because anyone 15 years or more older than you is old. Uh, but in fact, I talk about ageing. Um, my, my, in my parks and recreation background, I came up with a, a message about a tree that never gets old, a tree ages, and it mm. doesn't stop growing at any predetermined age. It keeps going. And you know what? A tree is never old or aged. It becomes significant
0: no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mm, beautifully said. So let's just, re- can, you, can you catch that enough to repeat that, Pete?
1: When you, when you a tree never ages, a tree, uh, sorry, a tree never gets old. i got it right. A tree never gets old. It ages and it ages graciously and it becomes more resplendent the, the, the more it ages. And nobody, and it doesn't stop growing at any predetermined age. It becomes significance, a significant tree, and don't we really?
0: Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And if we look back, um, I I think that's such a beautiful takeaway—that significance of what we become, and we do become more significant because we we've discovered uh, more about ourselves. We know what we've uh, we've determined what we're you Know, bet good at or where, where our skills are, we've got a better understanding of what makes us happy. We often, especially when you hit 50, according to all my f- uh, friends and buddies that have hit f- uh, 55 and uh, 50, uh, 50 and over, we don't tend to care quite so much about what people think, we just get on with it and just have fun. Sure. Uh, so, we, yeah, we're a little bit more uh, less inhibited, and I think that's really the key thing around the, the manifesto is for those people um, at, and for people. Um, that uh, I suppose experienced almost this awakening or this question of you know what am I here for? That was people's you know little wake up call as to you know what was it that you used to enjoy? What was it that you do enjoy? What can you what you, can you discover more about yourself for yourself so you can actually recognise your own significance and your own significant place moving forward in this. In this world, and for those around you, as well as those uh, that you work with in the organisation, as well as uh, as well as for the clients that your organisation serves,
1: you become comfortable in your own skin. Yeah, when you, when you become when you become comfortable in your own skin, it's not a question you don't care what people think. Mm-hmm. It's a question of people say, when that person says something, I listen because. You know, they're not trying to pull the wool over my eyes. They're speaking from their own heartfelt experience, and that's worth listening to. And that's one of the reasons why this word wisdom I love. The older I get, the wiser I become, which is lovely. Um, But it's this sense of uh, being comfortable with what I say. You may not necessarily agree with it, but you'll listen because you know it's it's the substance that's come from a lot of experience.
0: It's, yeah, it's it's yeah. You you can feel their almost feel their experience. You can feel it. Mm, mm. Yeah. And actually, talking about that one, uh, the feeling of that. There was one of our um, uh, sorry. One of the concepts that you talk about is that that natural fe- felt fueled energy that happens that you that increases when you actually enjoy yourself. Um, And that's what helps us find our own purpose and find uh, the enjoyment. Do you want to expand on that at all, Peter?
1: I will. I will. Thank you for that, Sally. I think you're right. Enjoyment is the energizer. Uh, It's funny. I, I once asked a lady what she did to keep fit. And she said, I go to the gym three times a week. I said, what do you do to energize? Her immediate answer was, I love tap dancing. She didn't have to be asked, what do you mean by difference? Energising any energising interest does more than f- fake you feel good. It's like any other form of energy. It drives you further. So that when you feel energised, you actually grow as a person in either a small bit or, or a large bit. The very first workshop that I ever ran as a, a, in, in my encore career was with a group of people who were literally burning out. Mm. Uh, And uh, it was quite horrendous what they were being asked to do. And their boss said, look, I've read your book, Enjoy Being You, which I'd written at the turn of around 2000 and said, could you run a workshop based on your book? And I thought, yes. And then I went away and thought, I know nothing about burnout. I don't know what this is going to be like. But they Mm. did say run it based on what what I'd learned. Mm. And it woke them up to what real energy meant, that they were burning up energy because They weren't doing any energising experiences to balance and and re-energise the energy that they were burning up horrendously through the week. And it's it's the resilience bit that that brings it into it.
0: Mm. So let's talk a little bit more about um, resilience. So we've talked about some of the old paradigms as it relates to the paid work was the only centre of our life for a long time. Um, Obviously, going back a long way, COVID sort of um, sort of has tipped that up on, on its apple uh, on its head on its a- tipped the apple cart up or tipped it on the its apple cart. Yeah, <laughs> yep, tipped the apple cart up. Um, we got into the habit of recognizing economic development and success um, as a me- as a measurement or stress as a measurement of our success, um, and that and wearing that stress as a badge of honour when we were sort of so focused on work. We've now come out of that sort of almost blossomed uh, or uh, morphed uh, like the butterfly does or the caterpillar does mm-hmm. to a butterfly. And we're yep. now starting to see that there is uh, more opportunities for our, just us to discover and enjoy things at work. And I think that that level of curiosity um, and discovery or adventure or um, learning um, is one of the critical elements that helps um, people potentially be more resilient. Is that something? that you have found peter how does how does the work and this enjoyment uh, factor help people be more resilient
1: well if you just if you just enjoy something for half an hour once a week it's probably not going to do i mean it'll be nice but it's not going to do a lot of good if yeah. you can build something into your life in some sort of regularity the more you, then then these these good things tend to happen there's um uh, uh there's really five things that happen when you enjoy yourself, which I think are important. Uh, four of them are about what it does for you. The fifth one I'm going to mention is very significant. The, the fourth one, the four of them is, first of all, your, your mind is working with purpose. You're thinking with, you know, with interest, with it, with challenge, uh, questioning, all those things so you, when you, while you're enjoying yourself. The second one is the energy factor that you're actually generating new energy or energising your yourself during the experience. The third one is you're doing something to your self-esteem and your self-confidence. And the fourth one is you've probably learned something, even if it's only a little bit that's new. All those are what's happening while you're doing. The fifth one, I think, is the one where it becomes really powerful because every time you enjoy yourself, you actually generate the best virus possible. You actually <laughs> infect everyone else. So <laughs> you'll actually... This is where I think is very much a core of what the, the uh, what this paradigm shift is all about and what the manifesto is all about. If we start to recognize the nature of enjoyment in our lives, we not only find ourselves getting on, but we actually start to get other people thinking more positively as well. We start to generate ripple effects, which like the butterfly, you know, that flaps its wings on one side of the earth, you know, starts a tornado on the other side, sort of thinking is in that. Now... That's okay, as, as, as I say, that happens if you do enjoy yourself once. If, in mm. fact, you find yourself enjoying it regularly, you start to see life differently. You start to recognize that there are, there's, you, there are positive ways of looking at, at things. While you're enjoying yourself, you cannot think negatively. No matter how mm. negative your life is, while you are, so the more often you enjoy yourself, the more you think positively and the more you start to infect people around you, and you start to get a flow moving about the way your life goes. I talk about um, a bit bit like the Big Bang Theory of the universe, uh, the idea of exponential explosions. Every time we enjoy ourselves, we have a little explosion of energy, and then Mm. that generates more explosions and more energy, and so it grows and grows. I think um, that's where I think this whole idea of enjoyment start to generate energy, which starts to develop resilience. And to quote our mutual friend, Derek McManus, then you start to become more durable. It's a durability about coping with life. And I think you're then opening up the person that will never change. Go back to your sports person. The COVID might have inhibited the way they could do things, but it didn't change their plans. They were. Yeah. They, they knew where they were going, and I would suggest people like you, Sally, and the, uh, we had to rethink how we were going to do it. But we didn't rethink what we were going. To, it was just a question how we direct our energies uh, with yeah. more. And I think the more we can get into this, constantly enjoying things, enjoying life, so all these all this resilience and durability grows.
0: Yeah, I think that's such a great, um, a great example, and something I've really discovered having worked uh, with what I would call real um, sporting professionals and elite athletes with the work that I do. There's a definitely a different. Um, to say a different different perception on daily ritualistic habits so a sports person just just gets on and does it whereas an, an everyday or average person got will do it some of the time um you know uh, being a little bit more of a rebel but a, a high-end sports person has got into the habit of ritualistic daily habits um, to from from a performance perspective, and if you look at the success that that creates, what we're really talking about is is marrying over some of that um, discipline um, for one of a I suppose a structured word, but in, in creating enjoyment d- discipline through enjoyment and having some of those enjoyable activities on a regular basis to continually fill and fuel our tanks uh, so we can continue to experience more of that enjoyment for ourselves. But as you've also said, so that enjoyment virus gets uh, shed and spread across uh, the people that are around us and the people within the organisation or the people um, in our communities, et cetera, as well.
1: And just to sort of, um, you you mentioned the sports person, in case people sort of think, well, I don't have the talent of a sports person or whatever, I sing in a choir. I know you like walking your dog out in the bush. Uh, Mm. These are all enjoyable experiences, which still have these effects. Um, If people ask me what I'm good at, uh, my best answer is the ability to listen. Mm. I mean, these. So I just it's what I'm talking about is enjoyment is something we all experience in our own way in in what we personally choose to do, Uh, Mm. and and that gives us all those sorts of goals and purpose setting that you're mentioning with the sports person it's just yeah. a different way of thinking hmm.
0: and i think that's the um the key thing there and i being re- reflective of you know myself and a couple of different uh, girlfriends we're all incredibly um, very 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 different uh, one does not like um to-do lists and doesn't like turning things upside down or um, you know being over tidy, whereas I'm the you know I I love I, I love um, tidiness. But I love nothing better than making a complete mess, uh, re-getting get, getting rid of stuff and just re, uh, recalibrating, throwing stuff out and all those sorts of stuff. I really enjoy doing that, whereas my girlfriend couldn't think of anything worse and she's often said, <laughs> can you come down and do that for me? And I said, well, I can but you know I'm also merciless so if you want to retain stuff, it's not going to be good because I'm going to get stuff moved and gone, whereas she likes to ponder and think about it and whether she wants to keep and whether she doesn't. Um, so regardless, my point of sharing that is we all enjoy things in uh, dramatically different things and we all enjoy things dramatically differently. So finding out what uh, what we all enjoy and it's all those little incremental things. as you said, you like singing in a mm-hmm. choir. I like walking my dog. You know, I've found through walking the dog that I can discover and go on adventures, and you know, relive some of my youth because I found some new trails that I used to ride my uh, horses on. You know, that's you know, you wouldn't that's that's more than walking a dog because I've discovered more and I've found more enjoyment from doing the same thing that I do, and that's my point. There's you know, there's there's almost onion skins of all those things that we enjoy. There's all the different layers uh, to it as well.
1: That's so, a very good point, Sally. But can I just add to that? Because yeah, you're right. The more the more you enjoy yourself, the more you just start to discover things that you never thought of before. And it is—it's yeah. a journey. It's not just an event. It's a journey. Mm.
0: Yeah. And I th- I th- that point of the onion—the onion skin and those layers—even um, as it relates to when we're working through something, as it relates to a personal growth aspect or a you know a challenge that we're having or for me it's unpacking in a genius or helping people unpack their their thinking you know sometimes it is uncomfortable but it's by bringing uh, you know excavating those uh, onion skins and those layers that you've discover more and if you keep that curious and discovery that's where you see more enjoyment which is where you get to appreciate the resilience side of things so i think um, as you've sort of said peter the enjoyment is is there for all of us all the time, and the exciting thing is it isn't just one level, it's multidimensional.
1: True, yeah, very yeah. true. Mm. Yeah.
0: I knew we'd get to the end of the show very, very quickly. Oh. With the conversation. <laughs> Not quite there yet, Peter, but no, I, I just... Um, is there anything else that you're wanting to share? I think we've covered most of it off um, today that, uh, as far as what we were seeing. You did want to talk a little bit as to... Why now? Have we covered off why it's important now to, enough? Do you think, or have you got any final? I think words? so.
1: I think there is a more important part, which I think to 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 ensure people go away with in their minds. Yeah. What do you do? What? How do you actually move on? What does all this mean about now? You're now that you've you've faced a change of life and you're wondering what to do. The words that I would suggest to you. A lot of my work is based on memory, connecting memories and enjoyment. And what we need to do now is to actually, if you're worried about what you're going to do with the rest of your life, the way to go, the way is to actually look back at what you enjoyed, not not so much the negative things. I mean, they do have their importance in our growth. But if you're looking to move forward, you want to try and unpack all the types of experiences you enjoyed and have a good look at them. Why did you enjoy them? What were the skills that they brought out in, in, in what you enjoyed? What does it mean? How Do you use those skills now? Uh, they're the sorts of things that it's worth you thinking about. And then when you're wondering what to do, the other thing I'd like to suggest to people is to tweak what you're good at. You know what you're good at. If you're, if you're in that sort of 30, 40, 50, 60 age group, you know what you're good at. You've, you've got a pretty good idea. And you might say, well, look, I don't particularly want to use these skills where I'm at, but I would really love to tweak those skills and apply them to a different area of some sort, something I would really enjoy doing. It's really important to get back because all those skills will never leave you. The world's changed a great deal, as you say, but, the, but it's, the, it's the fact that you never change. You will continue. Your skills are always there. So I'm, yeah. I'm just recommending get back to the basics of who you are to plan yeah. what you're going to do in the future.
0: Yeah. So that uh, that's – I've got – Got so many thoughts popping in there. I'll catch all of them in two, two secs. So what people can do um, is certainly grab a copy or a shortened copy of your manifesto. We're going to pop that up on the across the ticker today, so people can grab a copy of your uh, manifesto and have a bit of a read. I think one of the key things you've actually said there, as it relates to reconnecting um, and finding out or rediscovering what we enjoy is actually, um, and I love the phrase, look back to look forward, and it's something that I distinctly remember from Steve's job's uh, Stanford Address talking mm. about looking back to be able to join the dots to, to look forward. So certainly um, looking back at what you did and what you enjoyed and, you know, grabbing good old post-it notes and dropping, uh, dropping some different ideas uh, down on paper and, um, and not trying to push it too much, and then maybe sleeping on it and walking away and coming back. Um, mm, mm. Coming back to it can be uh, very ad- advantageous. I was having a conversation with another dear friend of ours, uh, Gary Edwards, the other day, sharing with him that I was. Um doing an exercise and unpacking exercise, and I was being com- feeling incredibly tortured by it. And um, I was unpacking my, uh, from a timeline perspective, why it is that I do this specific type of work that I do as it relates to emotive imagery. Um, and i I knew that there was a reason that I did it, and I was trying to track back through my life uh, what what that, Look like, and I got my post-it notes out and, you know, was digging into that as you suggested, Peter. But I was coming up with all of the very practical, you know, uh, started work here, did this sort of work, got divorced here, had this trauma, had this, blah, blah, blah. Um, And I was very unsatisfied by the time I finished it. But as it happens when we stop thinking and we allow, you know, the magic to happen within our brains, I had a a 2 a.m. epiphany. Um, And it all just came through. It was like, oh, it was that and it was that and it was that. And then I was able to connect the dots looking forward. So my point in sharing that with the audience is if you've forgotten or can't remember the things that you enjoy, go through the process of peeling some of those onion skins off, which is your post-it notes or your thoughts or your ideas, knowing that they may not be the answer or the full answer but knowing that your brain already knows what the answers is and you've just got to allow it to bring it to the front for you to actually hear. So sometimes you have to walk away. You may walk away for five minutes. You may walk away for five days or it may be, you know, a 2 a.m. or a 5 a.m. epiphany in the morning when it all comes through. But going through that process of discovery, curiosity, helps you find the enjoyment factor which helps you get more out of life and be more resilient as well.
1: Can I just throw one quick one okay. in? Of
0: course.
1: Parents. Parents, mm. when you've got a teenager who's saying they want to do all these wonderful things, once upon a time the parents would say, oh, don't waste your time doing that. You'll never make money out of that. Parents have got to be prepared to listen to, mm. to what the creative teenager is saying. What is it you want? Now, I'm not necessarily saying it's the other, but encourage the thinking because We're now moving into an age where creativity and innovation are the way to success. And the creative teenager, the creative adolescent, by the way, that's a good age to look back at too when you're looking back as looking forward, is what you enjoyed then because that's probably some ways our richest thinking was around that adolescent years. There could be something in there. Parents should take note.
0: Yeah, it was for me. It was around that uh, sixteen and twenty. So yeah, and I think that's part of the thing having a teenage uh, son myself. And mm. um, you know, we we I feel I can't direct him or pigeonhole him. There's, yes, there's certainly things that I would love and think he would be great at, but they're almost the old thinking of the types of roles that I know, the types of jobs and employment mm. that I know. But really when he talks me, yeah, when he talks to me about the type of work that he can be doing. And I listen to people that are in that sort of that tech space. They're talking about roles or jobs or things that aren't even being done yet, but will be in the very near mm. future. And that's mm. how, you know, how much technology and innovation is moving forward. Um, so, yeah, um, I think it is um The the best um, resource for us all is that curiosity and the ability to continue to explore and discover, uh, and through that we find more enjoyment and we find out more about ourselves and the possibilities for ourselves.
1: We are starting to value that the best person we know is ourselves, and that's really important.
0: Yeah, very, very well said. Anything else that you want to say on that? We've got about two minutes left, Peter, as it relates to enjoying oneself. And you know, that that is exactly what's happened. We 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 value and start to love ourselves for ourselves and see more of the, the gold within us.
1: Yeah. I'd like to emphasize the control bit. You you yeah. you're empower every time you enjoy enjoy yourself, you're empowering yourself. We yeah. have always been put under the thumb. About what we should do and who's telling us the right thing to do, and yeah. Yeah, when we really we when we enjoy ourselves, we are taking control of our lives. And yeah. the only person who can take the rest of your life journey is you. Um, yeah. And I think it's very important. To say, don't reg- don't see that as something frightened. You are now have the world is now giving you the opportunity to express yourself in your creative way. Because we need people's uniqueness, we need to know what people are really thinking, not just simply following the uh, the rows upon rows of desks that I used to have to work in when I grew up.
0: Yeah, very much so. Um, and I think if I uh, just as part of the recap, part of your global dream is for actually people to actually be experiencing that enjoyment factor and creating those those ripple effects out that people. Uh, Start to understand that uh, they are self-responsible, but through that self-responsibility, we can all come together and actually marry those enjoyment factors together to make the pl- the world and the planet and our our lives a better place to be.
1: Absolutely, it's, it's, um, I think it's the, the the in the workplace, the worker is actually starting to gain a lot of control. They're now starting to say, you know. This is the we've got the great resignation concept where people are voting with their feet about what they want to do, so it is affecting the business world very much so right now this is not a future dream it's happening right now, and it's t- and that's why I think that's really why I wrote the manifesto right now because now is the time to think this way. We all need to start thinking that way and it's something I've been fighting for fifty years, and I'm really pleased to see perhaps it's starting to happen not because of people like me but because of the way. It's the way the world's got to go from now on.
0: And the way in which the world is thinking to to create mm. um, a better place for themselves and others. Peter, it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you, unpacking the enjoyment factor <laughs> further with you and helping people to understand how the enjoyment factor frees us to actually live a, our best lives. So thank you very much, Peter, for sharing with us today. It's been an absolute treat and I look forward mm. to connecting with you all another time on another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. So please, let's thank Peter. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Sally. I've enjoyed it immensely. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you very much, everyone. look forward to seeing you another episode of Success Secrets Exposed. Till then, see you soon. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for joining us. And I trust that you got some inspirational tips to move you forward. You can find this episode along with many more on your favorite streaming platform, such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and more. See you next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for more Success Secrets Exposed with Sally A. Curtis.